Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. God chose a marriage to illustrate uh, when we become one with our Lord and Savior. You know, all of us understand the joys of a marriage. I, I remember, and I'm sure you're the same, you remember leading up to that big event, leading up to that day, all the decisions that have to be made, all the preparation that has to be made, and, and really all of that is done and none of it really matters because all you care about is two words, I do. And uh, maybe you may kiss the bride as well. That's probably the men are looking forward to those words. But aren't weddings exciting? We've got a, several weddings this, this summer and weddings are exciting. My daughter was just engaged over uh, Christmas time and, and uh, she's excited about this wedding. I'm not so excited about the cost of this wedding, but she's excited about this wedding. People get nervous at weddings. I remember the pastor that got so nervous at a wedding. It was his first wedding. He got time when it was time to say, you know, you may now kiss the bride. And he said, it's, it's kiss a Mary now to cuss the bride <laughs> instead of cuss Mary to kiss the bride. And he wanted everything to be so perfect at this wedding. These weddings are wonderful days. And this is what God uses. God uses this event that's going to happen when the bride, those that know Christ as their Savior, and the groom, it's Jesus Christ, when they come together and there's this great wedding. We are not married to Christ yet. We're espoused to Christ. This wedding is going to take place. In Matthew chapter number 25, verses 12 and 13, Jesus says this, that no man knoweth the day nor the hour. It could happen at any moment the return of Jesus Christ. And this is what we've been studying throughout the book of Revelation. So many as we study the book of Revelation like to find out what does this horn mean or what does this thing mean and, and all these things that we really don't know what it really means, but this is what it's building toward. This is the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ. We get to chapter number 19, and what a wonderful, wonderful event this is going to be. Once Christ returns for his bride, the first event that's going to happen is going to be the judgment seat of Christ. And the second great event that's going to happen once we're raptured out of this earth is going to be this marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's what chapter number 19 is going to speak about today. And so I want to look at this, this event, the marriage supper of the Lamb. What is it? What's the purpose of it? Who's going to be there? And what do we need to do to anticipate this event? Again, look with me in verse number nine, and he saith unto me, write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be guests that are going to be there. People are going to be there. I wonder, as I was studying for this this past week, I wonder what the angels are going to do at this event. What, what, what all of heaven, when they see the, the bride of Christ coming and, and Christ and this marriage take place, 
the thrill that they're going to have, the preparation that's being made for this event, and, and for them to even, what is happening here on this special day? But I want us to see several things here. As we anticipate the marriage supper of the Lamb, look with me again in verse number one. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying this. And we find this word hallelujah used four times here in this passage of scripture. Just these six verses here, we find four times this hallelujah is used here in this passage of scripture. And so I want you to see, first of all, this morning, this wonderful, magnificent music that's going to be at this marriage supper of the Lamb. Music is one of those things that's at every wedding. There's singing and, and there's rejoicing and there's all kinds of festivities that take place and it's going to be no different here. There's going to be great rejoicing and great singing that takes place here. I believe this is why singing is so important. Singing is such a, a vital part of worship because when we get to heaven, if you don't sing now, you will sing in heaven. And I think, my friend, we might as well just get practicing for singing when we get to heaven, because when we get there, we see here in chapter number 19, this is what's going to take place. There's going to be much singing, much praising, much worship's going to take place, and it's going to be magnificent when we get to heaven at this event. I believe this. It's going to be like no, nothing we've ever heard before. There's people that we hear these songs that have been written by human beings, and we sing these, and we sing them today. And, and if you've been in church for any length of time, you've sang great hymns of the faith to songs that we've sung today, and, and these great singing. I believe this, it's not going to be any song that we have ever sing here upon this earth, because it's not a man that's going to make this song. It's God himself that's going to sing. It's a heavenly host with, with godly music that's going to be sung. We are going to learn the songs of heaven when we get there. And one of the great words that's going to be used there, two words is going to be hallelujah and amen. Hallelujah and amen. Four times we find it here in this passage of scripture. And that word can be broken up into this. Ale, which means praise, and Yah is, is God, Jehovah. And so uh, that word hallelujah that you see here simply means this, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have you, ever, have you ever heard someone, while maybe preaching is taking place, they'll say, praise the Lord or hallelujah, amen. Those are wonderful words. And you know this, no matter what language you are in, those words all mean the same and all sound the same. Amen is amen in every language. Hallelujah is hallelujah in every language. And, and I think about that. When we get to heaven, no matter what language you speak, we're all going to be saying the same thing as we're around that throne, as we're here at this marriage supper of the Lamb, as we're rejoicing and as we're seeing our Savior, the, the groom, face to face, we are going to all say in unison, hallelujah and amen. That was weak. <laughs> One person said amen to that. Let, let's see who this morning is ready for this time. This side is going to be hallelujah. This side is going to be amen. Let's see who is more, most ready for heaven this morning. You ready? Here we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Ooh, I think the hallelujah is habit. Let's try it one more time. All right. Let's try it one more time. Here we go. All right, one more time. 
Oh, come on. Not awake this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. It's what we're going to be constantly saying in heaven. There's going to be four choruses of it here. Here we find in verse number one and all the way down through verse number six. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the only time that this is actually even used in the New Testament. You won't find it in any other place except right here. Now, in the Old Testament, you can find it used often when they would come, when the singers would come into the tabernacle, they would say things of hallelujah and praise the Lord and amen. There was great worship and great singing. I I want you to know this. Anytime in the Old Testament that they gathered around the temple or the tabernacle, you know what you always found? Singing, praising magnifying God and exalting God. It always takes place when worshiping God is present. Singing always takes place. And the singing is not about me. The singing is always about how great and wonderful and majestic God is. When we get to this marriage supper of the Lamb, there's going to be great singing, magnificent singing that's going to take place. And it's all going to praise the Lord. This is the wedding music. Amen. Amen means this, let it be, or it is true. And when someone says amen, that simply means let it be, or it is true. Amen. So when, when, when the singing takes place and the word hallelujah is sung, it's saying praise the Lord. There's going to be a group saying praise the Lord. And there's going to be a group saying this is true or let it be. And this is the sound of the music that's taking place in heaven. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how beautiful this is going to be? I think when all of us are gathered around the throne of Jesus Christ here at this marriage supper of the Lamb, when we see our Savior face to face, I remember when my wife walked in that back door. How many of you men remember seeing that your soon-to-be wife for the first time that day? Open those doors. Come walking through. It takes your breath away, doesn't it? If it didn't, just agree with me right now, man. It would be well just to agree with me. Matter of fact, look at your wife and say, that's exactly what happened to me. Yes. It's the only time it's okay to lie in church. (laughs) It'll help you, trust me. When When my son was getting married, I stood there and he stood next to me and I said to him this, I said, just wait and see. As soon as you see your bride comes through those back doors, as soon as you see her in that gown clothed in white, I said, it is going to to be the most beautiful thing, wonderful thing you've ever seen. I said, you're going to want to faint. You're going to want to pass out. It is beautiful. I don't think he believed me until those doors opened and she stepped in and I looked at him and he went, (laughs) it was magnificent. That thrill is that thrill we're going to see one day when we see Jesus Christ face to face. What a magnificent time this is going to be. There's four stanzas here at this hallelujah, amen. The first one we find in verse number one, the Bible says, and after these things, I heard a great voice of music uh, or much people in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power 
unto the Lord our God. That's the first time we see it used here in the New Testament. The first stanza we find is being sung here. And what that means is this, that first stanza is going to be about the redemption of the saints, the redemption of the saints. They are singing hallelujah because what we began, what began at Calvary is now fulfilled there in heaven. What began at Calvary when Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid our sin debt and redeemed us from our sins, it is now, now what began there in Calvary is fulfilled. When we see him face to face, we see the lamb, we see the groom standing there. We're going to know for sure what began at Calvary is now fulfilled through Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of Philippians, Philippians chapter number uh, one, verse number six. Let me read that. The Bible says this, Philippians 1 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What Christ began is going to be fulfilled. And when we get to heaven at this marriage supper of the Lamb, we realize that the song that we sing, that first stanza, is simply going to be, hallelujah, amen. This is the day of Jesus Christ. The second stanza that I want us to look at here back in Revelation 19, the first stanza is about the redemption of the saints. Look with me, the second stanza in verse number two and three, the Bible says, for true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again, they said, and again, they said, hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever that second stanza that we're going to sing as we sing at that marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be because of the retribution of the sinner. They praise God for he has made things right. And we've taught this and preached this the last couple weeks. But that Christian today that's looking at the world and saying it just doesn't seem like it's right, the one that feels like they've been been persecuted, the one that feels like they've been wrong, the one that wonders, God, where are you and why aren't you dealing with this? The sinner that thinks that he's getting away with sin and the one wondering why God is allowing it. I want you to understand when we get to heaven and we see our Savior, when we're there, the first stanza that we sing is about the redemption of our saints. But that second stanza that we sing is because of the retribution of sinners. God is going to make all things right. He's making all things right. He has avenged those who have persecuted the saints for all the ages. Oh, those that have been eaten and and, and cast into the uh, the Colosseums and eaten by wild animals just for simply uh, uh, preaching and believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is going to make all things right. For those believers back in Rome that were dipped in oil alive in oil and then burned for their faith in Jesus Christ, God is going to make all things things right, for the ones that have been persecuted, for the ones that have been uh, 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 hurt, for the ones that have been killed, for simply believing and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, God is going to make all things right. And all together at this marriage supper of the Lamb, all that are there are going to sing, hallelujah, amen. Oh, what a wonderful time this is going to be. There is a God that will make all things right. 
They sing hallelujah for the for the retribution of sin for God over Satan and for the Christ over the Antichrist and for the Holy Spirit over this false prophet. God will prevail. Jesus Christ will win. Jesus Christ is victorious. And as we're there in heaven, all will sing hallelujah, amen. But the song doesn't end there. There's not just one stanza of this song and not just two stanzas of this song. The Bible actually tells us this in verse number four and five. They say it again, hallelujah. This time the Bible says this, and the four and 20 elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. This is the third time. The third time we find in this passage of scripture, this third stanza of this song that's going to be sang at this wedding is going to be sung. And this time it's because of the relationship of the saved. He is our God. Listen to me. We are not going to worship the God. We're going to worship our God. This is personal. I love that passage of scripture. The Bible doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. The Bible says this, the Lord is my shepherd. This is personal. Here are those, remember those 24 elders, that's the 12, the 12 elders, that's, that's those Old Testament saints, and the 12 uh, elders are the 12 New Testament saints. And those, so those are all the, the representation of all those that looked for the coming of the Savior, and then the 12 that has received Jesus Christ as their Savior, the New Testament, have come together. They're gathered around this throne, and what they put their faith in, the Old Testament put their faith in what's coming, the New Testament put their faith in what Jesus Christ has done, but we are all gathered here upon the, around the throne and we are singing in unison, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen, because he is our God. The Lord is my shepherd. What a God we sing. He is my God. This is personal. Fourth stanza that we're going to sing here in this wonderful marriage supper of the lamb song that we're going to hear sung is in verse number six the bible says and i heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of a mighty thundering saying hallelujah for the lord god omnipotent reigneth this is the reign of the savior the fourth stanza that we're going to sing is because of the reign of the Savior. Now, I want you to think about this, the, the sound, the sound, a great multitude. Now, the, the largest crowd I've probably ever been in would be a football stadium. I have been in a Michigan stadium when they boasted of over 100,000 people. And when Michigan came down and scored a touchdown, that place erupted, and it was as loud as loud could be, all in unison. The reality is this, none of us have ever been in a crowd large enough that's going to describe this crowd. This is every saint from the beginning of time to the end of the rapture of the church is going to be gathered here in heaven. This great multitude, this sound, just imagine as we even just in this group here this morning, just a few hundred people this morning singing hallelujah and, and amen. Imagine the sound of millions and millions and millions and millions upon millions of people singing and praising God and in unison just simply singing out hallelujah 
Amen. Not only did he say, describe this as a great multitude, but many waters. Have you ever been at a place like maybe Niagara Falls? Have you ever been at Niagara Falls, the sound of that? I remember when I first went there, the one side of it, I thought to myself, what's the big deal about this? Till you walk around the other side and you see it from a different angle and you hear it. And just the mighty sounds of water. If you're walking through an area and it's quiet in that, that wooded area, you know what you can always hear as you come upon it? A waterfall. The closer you get, the louder it becomes. Here the Bible says this, this, this amen, hallelujah, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, as a voice of a many waters coming together, that sound just coming together. You take, you take this great multitude of people, you take the many waters coming together, and not only that, he said this, then the mighty thunderings. You take the, 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 the thunderstorms, the lightning and thunderstorms and, and, and all that takes place, just, just think about all those three combined and that's going to be what it's going to sound like in heaven when all the saints gather together and we sing this song of, oh, what a savior, hallelujah, amen. This fourth stanza is gonna be that our God, our savior, he reigns. Our God reigns. There was a song years ago that, that we would sing, Our God reigns. And I, what a wonderful song that is when we get to heaven and there is no more worry about Satan any longer. There's no more worry about sin anymore. Oh, listen to me, as you get to heaven, there's no more temptations that you're going to face. There's no more sin that you're going to battle. There's no more sickness that you're going to face. There's no more death that we'll ever see. There's no more problems. There's no more worry. There's no more anxiety. There's there's no more depression. There's no more pain. There's no more worry. All of that is gone away and we're standing there face to face and we'll sing in unison, our God reigns. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is what heaven's going to be like, this, this marriage supper of the Lamb. Imagine this with me. What a wonderful sight this is going to be. I think the most wonderful thing about this, John saw it and wrote what he saw. We aren't going to see it. We are going to participate in it. In the midst of that great multitude is going to be you and going to be me if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. In the midst of those thundering words is going to be your voice and my voice as we lift your voice up and we're singing to Jesus Christ. The sound of many waters is going to be our voice exalting our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a magnificent music this is going to be. Secondly, I want you to see this, the, the beautiful bride that's going to be, the beautiful bride. As we anticipate the marriage supper of the Lamb, we're going to see this magnificent singing. We're also going to be this beautiful bride. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number seven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. This 
This is going to be a marriage for all of eternity. When we are married to the Savior, Jesus Christ, the groom, we realize this, this is never going to end. You know what that tells me? That this singing, this rejoicing, it's going to take place for all of eternity. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but how many of you really enjoyed the honeymoon phases? How many of you wish you were still in the honeymoon phase? You say that often, boy, honeymoon didn't last very long. Listen to me, this honeymoon phase is gonna last forever. The excitement of this. That's why he says, look with me again in verse number seven, the Bible says this, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Because we are made ready. How, how are we made ready? I wanted you to write three ways that we're made ready for this day. How do you make ready for this day? First of all, would you write this down? Salvation. Salvation. The first thing that you must do to make yourself ready for this day is salvation. Why are we going to sing? We're going to sing on this day because of redemption that we have through Jesus Christ. Salvation brings redemption. When we get to heaven to make ready for this day, we are going to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're redeemed when we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them, what? That are called. Listen to me today, the salvation is redemption. Number two, how do we make ourselves ready for this day? We've already learned this. Number two is the rapture. You know what happens at the rapture? Our old sinful bodies are made new. We, we get a glorified body. Our sinful body is left behind, and we are given a new body. That, 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 old, that old sinful nature will be no more. Oh, uh, salvation would be a wonderful thing at salvation if we never sinned again. And some people get really discouraged. They just don't understand. Well, listen to me, because even though you're saved, you still got this old sinful body. And I'm not justifying it this morning. I'm not giving anyone permission to sin this morning. I'm just simply understanding this. We still have this old sinful body. We still battle lust. We still battle uh, addiction. We still battle temptation. Why? Because we still have this, this old nature inside of us that's battling every day for, for victory. Oh, but when we get to heaven, we have a new body. Oh, the wonderful thing that's going to take place, salvation, we're redeemed. But at the rapture, where our old body, our old sinful bodies will be left behind and we will, we will have a, a new body, glorified body. And the third way to make ready for this special day is through rewards. One day we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to receive rewards for what we've done in this life. When we stand before Jesus face to face, we're going to give back to him what he has done for us. Crowns. Paul said this, his desires one day to stand before the Lord and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We're readying ourselves for this day. 
Don't you want to stand before your, your, your groom, Jesus Christ, one day and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Well, how do we ready for this day? We ready through salvation. If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're not ready for this day. The first thing that you must do is realize that you are a sinner and realize that you cannot save yourself and realize what Jesus Christ has done and realize that he has died for you and he has paid your sin debt and you receive him as your savior today. The first thing you must do is is be saved. The second thing is the rapture. The third thing is rewards. And this readies herself. This beautiful bride will stand before Jesus Christ clothed in white linen. This is what God will use to make the bride beautiful and ready. Oh, listen to me. It's nothing that you can do in your strength. It's nothing that you can do in your power. It's what God has done for us. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Not only do we anticipate this marriage supper the beautiful bride, but also we're going to see this groom. The groom is going to be glorified. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren and have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, there was a problem here. John got so excited John got so caught up in the moment. Do you, you ever, do you ever walk into something and not sure what you're supposed to do? Do I bow? Do I shake hands? Do I? What do I do here? We, um, I like sitting at those tables. I haven't done it very often, but every so often you sit at a table at this really, really nice dinner. You ever see that there's like four forks and two knives and three spoons and they're all over? Like where do you start? And I always start at the wrong one. And how, I know I start at the wrong one because by the time we get to the end, everyone's using the small fork or the big fork and I'm using the opposite. I need to learn this etiquette. Well, John, John here is the same. He gets to this place. He doesn't know what to do. And so what does he do? He, he falls to his feet and he begins to worship. The problem is this, he's worshiping an angel. Look what he says in verse number nine. And he said unto me, and who is, who is he? This angel speaking. This angel says, right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And the angel says this, don't do this. Get up. You're going to get both of us in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble for letting you worship. And you're going to get in trouble for worshiping me. John, though, gets to heaven. He sees all this magnificent. He hears the magnificent singing. He sees this beautiful bride. Then John is going to see this glorified groom. And the reaction is this simply. He falls to his face and worships. Now, I don't believe that John meant to worship a, another god. I think John just was so enamored by what he saw. The only thing he could think the best thing to do is just fall and begin to worship. I want you to think about how beautiful this day is going to be. 
to be a part of the singing, to be the part of the beautiful bride, and then come to the place where we know nothing else to do but whether just fall to our face and begin to worship. But the one that we're gonna worship is gonna be this groom that will be glorified. Because this day, this wedding, is actually centered around the groom. And many weddings in our culture today, the weddings are about the bride. It's the bride. Matter of fact, some brides think it's so much, it's about them, they're called what? Bridezillas. <laughs> they're difficult to deal with. Not this, not this wedding. This wedding is gonna be all centered around the groom. This wedding, when the groom steps in, we all are gonna fall and worship him. The book of the Revelation, as we've been studying it, is about Jesus Christ. It's about the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible says here, if you would again, please, in verse number 10, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. He's just simply showing you who Jesus is. Worship God. <laughs> the angel says this, I'm only here because of God. Don't worship me. It's all about him. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The book of the Revelation is all about Jesus Christ. Hear me today. The book of Revelation is not about what does this horn mean and what does this dragon mean and what does that mean. That's all bringing us to this conclusion here that it's all about the Lamb of God. It's all about the groom. It's all about Jesus Christ. The spirit of the prophecy is Jesus Christ. The groom is Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. And from chapter number 19, all the way on, we're going to see the victor is Jesus Christ. The Antichrist is going to learn that the victor is Jesus Christ. That old dragon is going to learn that we are going to worship God and God alone as he's being tossed into that lake of fire. When we see that new heaven and that new earth and there's no need of a son because Jesus Christ is there, we are going to realize that it's all about Jesus Christ. You know what I would say today? It is time that we learn that life is not about us. We should not wait to get to heaven to realize that it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Life ought to be about Jesus today as well. Many of the problems that we face in life is because we put everything above Jesus Christ. Many problems that you face in your marriage is because you have put something above Jesus Christ. Oh, some men today, today, you're worshiping your wives. And all oh, listen to me, treat your wives like God would have you to treat them. Love them like Christ loved the church. But we don't worship our wives. We don't worship our husbands. We don't worship our jobs. We don't worship our bank accounts. We don't worship our houses. We don't worship our children. We don't worship anything in this world. We worship God. Oh, and if we would come to this place now, we don't have to wait to get to heaven. Here, John, worship the wrong thing. And so many of us, we're worshiping the wrong thing. We're worshiping the thrills of this world. We're worshiping the things that this world has to offer. But it's all about Jesus. Jesus.
The Antichrist once worshiped, the dragon once worshiped, the false beast, the false prophet is pointing to the wrong one to worship. This world culture, this world is all about worshiping the wrong thing. Worship God. Listen to me, I don't care who you are or what you're involved in or how bad something is or how good something is in your life today. The best thing that we can do is what the angel said to John today. Get up and worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, what a wedding this will be when the Lamb of God is united with his bride. There's going to be magnificent singing. There's going to be a beautiful bride. And there's going to be a glorified groom. Are you ready for that day? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you born again? Are you gathering rewards here upon this earth by what you're doing that one day you'll receive in heaven to be able to give back to the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what chapter number 19 did for me? It put it all in perspective. Sometimes we get so busy in life, we lose sight what it's all about. One day we're going to rejoice. This isn't someone else's wedding. This is yours. This isn't someone else's groom. This is yours. This isn't somebody else's worship and somebody else's song. This is yours. And that's why the Bible says, be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. What a day it's going to be. As we stand there, men, and that door opens and that bride walks in and we go, <laughs> it's not going to compare to what we see when we get to heaven and we see our Savior face to face. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.